your hour of Thrive Time begins now. now. With your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Business Edition. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. You know, I have a chance to speak with uh, individuals all day, every day, from all walks of life. And uh, when I let them know about my radio show and the theme, your hour of Thrive Time, I either get smiles or nods or chuckles or pats on the back. You know, I got to tell you something. It's a theme that I think we are at a place in time right now in our country, heck, and globally, that people are looking for that hour, that time frame to thrive. I really believe that the the season of surviving uh, for many is a season that they wish, desire, and want it to be over. So that thriving can become the next season and a permanent season of their lives. So for those of you listening to our show today for the very first time, that's what you're going to expect from our show today. Another conversation about taking your life to the next level so that you can go from surviving to thriving in many areas of your life. And today's show is no different as we tackle two very different subject matters from two brand new authors as our show today is the Author Spotlight show, a very popular uh, theme to our program for the last three and a half years. And we're going to highlight two amazing authors that I'll get to in a second. But finding content that helps you thrive is what this show is known for. It's what is the hallmark of this show. And I think you're going to want to continue to come back as many of you have now. We're 400,000 listeners on average between all our platforms. And, you know, you don't get people that listen to stuff like that, numbers like that, rather, unless you've got something of great value to offer people. And what better value than content that helps you rethink the way you think and help you revive and revise your habits? But you can't revise You can't revamp, you can't reassess unless you've got new information, new content to do that with. Isn't that true? And that's what this show was known for. So hop on over to the jmamietalkshow.com. Check us out. Find what we've got, uh, what we're doing and who's been on the show. And and then from there, you can find us on C-Suite Radio. You can find us on Spotify TV and any other uh, a channel that you have where that you uh, plug into for your favorite podcast and of course just this radio broadcast on c-suite radio today's show i'm highlighting two brand new authors that are delivering that kind of quality thrive-minded content from two different dimensions my first author spotlight is stephen panis stephen panis is the author of walk on. It's coming out April 16th, although it's available today for pre-ordering. What makes Stephen so special and why he's on the program today, out of all the authors that I oftentimes am solicited with uh, as, as candidates to come on the show, Stephen has a very interesting um, story, a, a story of tragedy to triumph. Uh, I'll let him share his story, but the book that he wrote, Walk On, is really a uh, a story about the loss of his son. You know, as a parent, if you have children, no greater loss I think that you can experience is the tragic loss of a child when 
that that child is someone that really was just in the early stages of experiencing life. And you're going to hear that story from Stephen Panis as he has now made his story available in print with his book, Walk On. Stephen is a sports marketing executive, uh, so he's very well known in the sports world. And it came all crashing down on that fateful day that he heard the news. Um, he'll share his story. Stephen Panis is with us today. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, we have a wonderful new author named Iris Fernandez, who came my way through a mutual contact. Her daughter is a is a friend and a colleague of mine. And she says, hey, my mom has a brand new book called Perseverance, The Bridge to a Latina Mother's Dream. And the more I got a chance to hear about her and her story, I thought to myself, this is what the author spotlight is all about. Perseverance from a perspective of a Latina born and raised in the Bronx, single parent for a while, a phenomenal story. You're going to enjoy this woman's journey, her story, and we're going to cover her book as the second author spotlight. Folks, we got a fantastic show. We're going to come right back with two amazing authors, but I want you to know that it is worth, as you hear these segments, as every other segment, to have pen and paper handy. You never know what any one of us is going to say that's going to be the turning point, that pivotal uh, uh, comment that helps you get past whatever sticking point you might be experiencing in your health, in your wealth, uh, in your business, in your entrepreneurial development, in your parental development, in your relationships. You just never know what area of life is going to be touched and, uh, and, and, and really impacted by what we cover on this show. So have pen, paper, handy. We're coming right back with our author spotlights right after the break. Hey friends, one of our recent guests, Nigel Branson, co-founder and CEO of First Fitness Nutrition, announced that they have produced a scientifically advanced plant-based weight loss solution called Trimsilin. It is not only helping people control their appetite, regulate glucose, but it is also helping them burn fat. This incredible product is the exact alternative the marketplace has been demanding to those awful drug weight loss shots that you hear about on the headlines every day. Check them out. Trimsilin, the first ever plant-based weight loss solution where you don't have to feel awful about taking shots. Visit them at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com to learn more about Trimsilin healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Have you reached a place personally or professionally where you sense you need to be more motivated and fulfilled? Do you want to change but fear the discomfort that comes with it? Hey, I'm Bryce Runge, author of the hit book, Wake Up, Wake Up, Wake Up. For the past decade, I have equipped students, athletes, and CEOs with tools to wake up enhance their thought life, develop the strength to overcome challenges, and advance toward greatness. For more information, visit BryceRunge.com. That's B-R-Y-C-E-R-U-N-G-E.com. Wake up. Let's grow. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Excited to announce that my 10th book, 
10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted is now available on Amazon. The book is already changing lives. Since its release, we take a closer look at those progress-inhibiting behaviors that continue to become the stumbling blocks to your success and the better version of you that exists. If progress is important to you, then pick up a copy, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, now available on Amazon. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Business Edition. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about our first guest for a number of reasons. I mentioned at the beginning of the program that Stephen Panis is not only the author of the upcoming book that is uh, it's available now, but it's coming out in a few weeks, uh, the author of the book, Walk On. Uh, Steve is not only a motivational speaker, but he's also a sports marketing executive for quite a while. And he's a founder of a number of nonprofit organizations, scholarship funds. Uh, and he's got a movement called Walk On for Jake. And we're going to hear more about Stephen's incredible story that I think will inspire those of us who deal with grief and, and are looking for ways to move past it. Hence the, the title of the book, Walk On. But I wanted to open up the the, uh, the segment here with, with Stephen, giving us a little bit about his history, a little bit about his background. Then we'll get everyone up to speed on his book. So Stephen Panis, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Hey, Jay. Good to be here. Steve, I, I know there's a lot we're going to cover. We're going to dive into the book. Uh, this is a very unique uh, story, uh, uh, one that is tragic. We'll, we'll dive into that in a minute and the purpose behind the book. But let's go ahead and have our listeners and our view is get up to speed on your story. Okay, so um, um, I'm a father to two boys, Jake and Liam. And in um, and like Jay said, I'm also a sports marketing executive. And but being a father was always a central, my main central purpose in life. And in 2020, um, my oldest son Jake was 16, went away on a weekend with his uh, weekend getaway with his girlfriend of four weeks and her family. Supposed to be a very quiet weekend on Block Island. He left on a Friday morning, and on Sunday morning, we got a phone call that there was an accident, and we had no other details, didn't even know what kind of accident. And we we got in our car, my wife, younger son Liam, and I got into our car and immediately sped towards Rhode Island. We were only about 12 minutes into the drive when we got another phone call. And this one was from a doctor from Rhode Island who introduced himself, and then he paused, and he said, I'm sorry, I just pronounced your son dead. And at that point, my life just imploded. Um, our lives imploded, as you can imagine. And um, it set me on a completely different journey than I had ever anticipated or ever desired, obviously. And, and it it really, um, it took me to a place I've never been, a very, very dark place. Um, you, you completely lose hope in everything. You don't, it just, everything just goes away. That's the mm -hmm. best way I can describe it. You feel nothing. And uh it was it was a hard first year, and in the second year, I started to write. And first, I started to write a story to Jake, a letter, and then it evolved over time, and it was purely survival um, to the the writing. And as it evolved, it became obvious that um, th there was a book here, and it was a way for me to turn my pain into purpose. Yeah, you know, I, I got to say something, uh, Stephen. I've been in social services. My background is uh, psychology. And oftentimes I've dealt with people that have had loss. 
And and loss comes in many degrees, many dimensions, right? Yours is is probably the toughest. I would say the toughest. You lose a spouse is tough. You spend 30, 40 years with someone, you're going to miss them. But you've had 30, 40 years, yeah. uh, 16 years, you're just getting started, right? It's out of the um, natural order. It, it's exactly true. And, and, you know, we hear parents who often, often said at, at the funerals that, boy, you know, um, it should be the other way around, right? My children should be the ones seeing me being uh, buried and put away and not the other way around. It's, it's a very difficult situation. And it's not one that any parent would ever want to experience. But you found healing through, as you said, writing. Okay, it was very therapeutic. Let's talk a little bit about that because it's the sort of the predecessor to the book, right? We've got now a finished version of those thoughts and that healing process, but it didn't start off that way. What kind of motivated you or or instilled in you the sense to start writing a letter to Jake? Well, I was lost. And it really was the fact that I was lost. We had started two scholarship funds, one immediately in the days after Jake died and, and one six months later. And they were both called the Jake Pandas Walk-On Scholarship. And the first mm -hmm. was with um, Red Cloud Indian School on Pine Ridge Indian, Indian Reservation. And we've awarded three young Lakota women's college scholarships there. And the second scholarship is in partnership with the University of South Carolina, where Jake wanted to go to school, following my footsteps. And um, when I awarded the first scholarship of all the scholarships, it was at South Carolina. It was September 2021. And when I did that and spoke to the team and awarded the scholarship, it was um, it was an incredible experience where I saw the joy on the young man's face when he, he was announced that it was on scholarship. I hugged him. I could see Jake in his face, the youth. And I, I left that um, that meeting in that moment. And I completely just broke down when I left the building. I just, everything just ran through me. But I realized in that moment that, that there was hope. And I saw it in the boy's face. And that Jake's way to live and... Um, the way he carried himself in life was to lift up others and to spread joy. And it, it, I, it was like there was a calling at that moment that this is what I needed to do for Jake and mm -hmm. as well as for myself and my family. So at, at what moment did you decide that you wanted to go beyond um, the, the locality of help? In other words, foundational work for the school. But then at what point did you say, let me expand, let me extend this message because there are others that could also be in a situation similar to you and your wife. Yeah, it was shortly after that. And I just felt like um, when I put the the pen down to the book and, and read it, I said, you know, I think there's really something here. And it really, the genesis of it, Jay, was that I had this tradition with my boys and it started with Jake when he was old enough to read. I began to write him daily messages on little post-it sticky notes. And they were truisms and quotes, positive and inspirational. And the, and the goal was to impart um, wisdom into his developing mind and soul and heart and to, to show him that there was a pathway to leading a noble life filled with purpose and meaning. But when I lost Jake, I had no purpose and I had no meaning. And I had to make sense of everything I had told my son and share with them. And so the book is about making sense of these values and attributes and characteristics, and that the ultimately the answers reside in ourselves. We can't look outside for the answers. They, they're here. 
And I had to do that for his younger brother, Liam. If I was, mm -hmm. you know, I had to give him hope that there was a future that we actually held our future in our hands. And that it's like Viktor Frankl says, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, that forces outside of your control can take away everything you possess, except mm -hmm. your ability um, to respond to the situation, right? You don't control what happens to you in life. We all feel like we control everything, right? Until something mm -hmm. like your son is ripped away from you in a nanosecond. And when that happens, you realize you really have a, have a choice. It's that simple. You can either quit and crawl up and go to the darkness, or you can walk on and go to the, the light. And I, and I chose to go to the light. I chose love over hate and mm -hmm. hope over despair. And I'm an optimist by nature, and this certainly rocked me. This was soul-crushing to lose my son. But um, I, I know that writing this book and honoring him and carrying on his legacy of lifting up others and spreading joy is my, now my new mission in life. Mm -hmm. And it's a way for me to stay connected with my son and still have mm -hmm. a future with him because I lost everything when I lost him. Um, you know, I don't get to see him graduate from high school or college. I don't get to go to ball games with him anymore. Um, I don't get to see him get married. I don't get grandchildren. Mm -hmm. um, that's hard. Yeah. But by doing this, by writing this book and speaking to a lot of different groups, I get to carry Jake with me. And there's a part mm -hmm. of him that is still with me. Um, and mm -hmm. there's a part of me that went with him. But this is a way that I can make a difference in the lives of others. And um it's what I'm being called to do. You know, the, a book like this uh, has a tendency, Stephen, to be looked at as a book to be read by certain people going through a situation similar to this, right? But I know that you speak about this book not only being a writing for that demographic, for those folks in those scenarios, but for teachers and for coaches and for managers. Why is that? that a book that is really expressing how do you move on and, and you know get past the grief and look within yourself and find value and and continue the memories of, of others. I mean, right, that's, that's the core. But how does that also parlay where there's a message for others, as I mentioned, teachers, coaches, directors, yeah. managers, how does that work? How did you that's merge that? Yeah, that's a great question, Jay. Well, grief comes in many forms, right? It's not just death of a loved one. You could lose your job. Grief is just a form of adversity. And the book transcends grief by talking about pain and suffering and all these different forms of adversity that we all confront. And the reality is that we're all suffering in some shape or form, no, no matter what happened or how it happened. And so this book is a pathway to, to teaching you that exactly that, that no matter what has happened to you, there is a pathway forward. There is a way to walk on. And the answers are within you and you have to just search your soul and you have to um, you have to hold hope close and dear to you and you got to crawl before you walk. But there is a pathway um, and we all, you know, resilience is a big part of that. You have to have this internal fortitude and grit and never give up mentality. And it's it may sound cliche-ish, but the reality is that it's one day at a time. For me, it was one hour at a time. It was mm -hmm. literally that simple and i live my life now one day at a time it's very hard for me to plan ahead mm -hmm. i don't take anyone or anything for granted um, i live in the present moment very keenly aware of what's going on in that moment like this conversation it's you and me jay that's it there's nothing mm -hmm. else i'm thinking about mm -hmm. or doing and you value the relationships that you have 
and mm-hmm. you just make the best of life because you don't know. I never expected my, I'd lose my son at age 16. I, who plans on that? Right. Uh, but it happened. Um, and when it happens, you realize that your whole life perspective changes. Let me ask you this. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about, about a dark place. And let, let's talk a little bit about that and, and equating it to, uh, obviously, a relationship loss um, when you lose a, a loved one. But there's economic loss. There's health loss. There's a loss of hope. You're right. Loss comes in different forms. And you being in that toughest place, two questions for you. How much patience do you give yourself? How much leeway do you give yourself to deal with grief before you say, okay, enough is enough. You don't forget, but you've got to, you know, as your book writes, you have to walk on. Some people say, well, uh, until I'm ready and they could stay there in that dark place longer than they need to. And then some people are very, very quick to want to get out of it and don't absorb it and don't really appreciate um, and, and accept the loss, uh, absorb it, recover from it. So patience is, a, is a, an aspect of, of getting through the process. What did you find out about that? What can you share with others about yeah. that dynamic? Well, I think grief is, it's an individual journey for sure. Mm-hmm. And so what worked for me isn't going to work for everybody else. You, Everyone walks their own pathway, unfortunately, on that. Yes, you're surrounded by people supporting you and seeking to lift you up and help you in any way they can. But at the end of the day, it's it's your pathway. You own it. For example, my wife and I, we suffered the same exact tragedy. We completely grieve differently on this. We were connected in, in our grief, but how we cope and confront it, completely different. Um, yet we support each other. We understand where the other one is. Um, but it is solely an individual journey, and it's up to the, the person to each person to figure out when and where that that change happens. And sometimes it's three years for people, some sooner, some later. Um, I would just say if you're if you're in an, an extended period of darkness, that um, getting help is important, whether a therapy, um, meeting with your minister, whatever, whoever you trust, and to to talk about it and help, you know, confront and deal with it and help move you to a to a different uh, mental space so that you can start to progress in a different direction and make a pivot. Um, we're all capable of it and it can feel overwhelming at times, but it, it's all possible. And you determine whether you want to be the victor or the victim in life. Mm, mm. You know, I, I think you nailed it uh, on the nose, right? On a nail, right? Uh, right there, Stephen, when you said you could determine, decide the duration of time that you will be a victim or victor because there will be a victim mentality early on when you experience loss for sure, right? Why me? Why did it happen? And on and on and on. We've all go, we've, we've been there, we've gone through that. Um, but then you have to kind of get to the other side, right? Your book, yeah. I think, will help a lot of people find that pathway to get to the other side uh, at their pace. So it's going to be what I believe a book of healing, a book of instruction. I'm looking forward for the release. People and actually, they can order it, pre-order right now on Amazon. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, what's that? Yeah, they can pre-order it now and it officially comes out April 16th. Correct. And they can also go to your site, stephenpanis.com to not only learn more about you, learn more about the book. People are saying great things about the book. The accolades are flowing. So it's a valuable resource. And that's why you're on the program. Stephen Panis, thank you for being on the program. Look forward to hearing from you again in the future. 
with the next project that you have happening, which I know will be a project of inspiration to others. Appreciate being on the program. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it, brother. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, friends, today's headlines tell the story. Consumers are starting to demand an alternative to the weight loss drug shots that are running rampant in our country. If you are someone struggling with weight management, if you are also challenged by obesity or have someone that you know that is but does not want to pursue the route that millions are pursuing in weight loss drug shots, which are known to create side effects and unknown potential long-term side effects that can be very detrimental, then let me encourage you to consider Trimsilin by First Fitness Nutrition. Trimsilin is a scientifically advanced plant-based weight loss solution, helps you control your appetite, regulate glucose, reduce the mental food noise, as well as burn calories which will help you burn fat. The natural, safer alternative to weight loss drug shots is now here, Trimsilin. You can find more information at healthyfriends.firstfitness. That's healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Excited to announce that my 10th book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, is now available on Amazon. And since its release, the readers have reviewed the book and have left stellar reviews as they have come to recognize the book as a valuable resource to help them identify those toxic traits that keep them from becoming the best they can be. Those stumbling blocks have to be identified. And in this book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, we're going to dive into a closer look at these progress-inhibiting behaviors. The book is going to be a tremendous resource. It is for many already. Pick it up at Amazon. 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Business Edition. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. My second author spotlight today on our special author spotlight show is Iris Fernandez. She is the author of the new book, Perseverance, The Bridge to a Latina's mother's dream, Latina mother's dream. And I, as I said in the beginning of the program, uh, I have an affinity uh, for authors. I have an affinity for uh, Latina mothers because my mother was Latina and I'm from the from the Latina community as well. And uh, boy, I tell you what, if there's one thing that I appreciate is those uh, Spanish moms who have a different way, different uh, different style of, of thinking, different uh, thought pattern on, on how to survive and thrive especially those that are uh, in, in neighborhoods as they grow up that are a little bit more difficult than others, right? Let's just, let's just be frank. And I came from that neighborhood. I was raised in that neighborhood. And so I appreciate the writing that Iris has done to encourage and inspire others to persevere 
And we're going to hear her heart, her story right now. Iris Fernandez, welcome to the Jay Maybe Talk Show. Wow, thank you so much. Thanks for that nice introduction. I'm really happy to be here today. Well, um, you know, it was uh, it, it's interesting how connections can bring people together because your daughter, Taina, um, was someone that I've met probably 20 years ago in the Bronx. Uh, we we ha happened to have a, 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 an introduction made. And, and from that moment, there was just something special about her. And I thought to myself, wow, this is a sharp individual. We turns out we went to the same school, uh, same high school. And uh, but, says but hi. That, what's that? He says hi. <laughs> she says hi. <laughs> hi, Taina. Uh, wonderful young lady. And, and a great realtor, uh, by the way, and just a class act professional. So when she reached out to me and said, hey, my mother wrote a book, I said, okay, what's the book about it? And the minute she said perseverance, I said, okay, this is a book that needs to be brought to the surface. People need to hear about it. And again, that's why you're on the program. Uh, but before we dive into the goodness of the book, uh, Iris, I'd like for you to share a little bit about your personal story, your history, before we dive into the goodness of the book. Certainly. Um uh, I'll give you a little synopsis, even though the, the whole book is not about that. It's about a segment. But I came from the projects of the South Bronx. My parents were Puerto Rican, and they were, they were you know, sixth grade uh, people. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a chef. And he did everything he could to make sure that we got a little education, and he put us in parochial school. So that's where I started out in the Patterson projects of the Bronx. Um, I, I was doing great. I went to high school at um, Bronx High School of Science, but I took a turn and decided I wanted to get married before I graduated and I had a little baby boy. So, so that was the first little uh, mishap. And um, and that's kind of what I talk about in, in the book because it kind of brought me back to becoming a nurse, which is something I wanted to do. And I, I share in the book um, my uh, struggles to become a nurse despite having done that little uh, detour. And um, that's mostly what the book is about. But uh, since then, since I, I, I wrote the book, um, I was a, a registered nurse for 35 years, the last 15 years being a nurse informaticist, which is unheard of, uh, especially in, in uh, the Latino community. There were no, no uh, Latinos graduating from Columbia in nursing informatics when I graduated. And wow. um, and and I and I finished my career being a nurse analyst, a clinical nurse analyst in Memorial Sloan Kettering, um, and that's it, uh, it in a nutshell. I started reinventing myself after retirement. I decided to go back to what I really wanted to do was what, which was write a book, and uh, my memoir. So I did. I I I, uh, I dabbled in short stories. I I got together with the Latinas One Hundred and wrote short stories for those those uh, anthologies and for the Hispanic Stars Rising. And that's what I was doing while I was writing this book. Now, you mentioned when we spoke that early, 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 early on, long time ago, someone said to you, you should write a book, right? Um, and, and, you know, people write books for different reasons and different uh, purposes. Your book was a book of, um, it, it was to inspire others. And But you said way back when, when you were, kind of encouraged to write one, you thought, no way, right? Who's going to read my stuff? So how did you go from there to here, convincing yourself that it's worthwhile writing something for others to, uh, you know, glean inspiration from? 
well, when I was encouraged, it was at the very beginning of it's. It was at the very beginning of this, the very ending of this book. Um, it was back in 1985 when I grad when I finally graduated as a nurse, and my mentor then said, "I need to write a book about, about my life, and and I shouldn't be discouraged." Just you know, his grandmother had been 65 and, and wrote her first book. And I thought, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, I've always written. I've always journaled. Since I was a teen, I was I was always journaling. And that that's something that I always wanted to do. But I didn't think it was worthwhile. What, what am I going to write about? And what can I, what could I um, impart to, to my audience? So I went about my life, continued my life. I, I did service to mankind is what I really wanted to do uh, as a nurse. I, and I did it in different uh, venues. And I, um, but always with that little thing in the back of my mind that I, I need to write a book. And it wasn't until I retired that I had the time to really sit down and, and, and put it together. And I said, you know, I do need to write this book. I, in the course of it, many of uh, Taina's friends became my adopted daughters and many of them have gone through so many things. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I think they need, uh, a little spark, a little something to let them know that they can't just stop and, and give up. They have to go on. They have to persevere. And that's what got me to continue and put it into this little book. You know, there's something special about what you just said. And what I mean by that is you had a baby early on. So you were essentially a teen mom, mm -hmm. right? Fair to say Absolutely. you were a teen mom, right? A teen mom from the Bronx, Latina. You know, when you look at those three scenarios, uh, they usually don't yield the kind of results that we're talking about here, right? I mean, if you're a Latina, you're a teen mom in the Bronx, you know, you already have a, a situation that is going to create the rest of your, you know, your life a bit of a struggle. Not only did you deal with that and, and, and became a mom, a responsible mom, but you continued schooling to get your nursing degree, which is difficult on its own without caring for a baby, right? And I think along the way, some other challenges occurred that kind of really left you by yourself, right? Yes. Um, and But you continue to persevere. You know, I always encourage people that what, whoever you follow, whoever's book you read, you make sure that that person has walked the walk, not just talking the talk. <laughs> Absolutely. And, right? And you have walked the walk, and, and now you, you look back and you recognize all of uh, your daughter's friends and how they could use a little bit of uplifting, encouragement, impacting, and positive influencing. And you went ahead and did that, right? And, and through this book. Let's talk about the title. Every book has a title that's interesting and has a reason behind it. I like it. I like the, the cover of it. But what inspired you to come up with the title um, and the cover? The, the title I really wanted to be able to impart on uh, a young woman that, that, that thought that it's, it's all over. Now I messed up. I really messed up. I, now I'm, I'm a teen mom. I don't have a, a degree. I don't have a, a, a career. And it's all over now. Now where do we go from here? But mm -hmm. as you said, I did turn it around. And I said, well, no, I'm going to make this work. And I know that many people, even in, in the years while I was going through it, were giving up. I had a roommate whose sister said, 
oh, oh, but you you only have two children because at this point I had two. Um, and she was like, oh, you only have two, but my sister has three and she just can't do it. She can't do anything. Mm. And I, 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 can, I can't just sit down and, and let it happen to me. I have to do something. I, I, failure is just a, not an option. And I, I need for, for these young women, these, these uh, other, it, it could be men too. I, I'm, I'm sure there's men that go, go through, but, but it's a lot harder for a woman um, and a woman of color. And even if I'm Blanca, <laughs> which is why I have a, that Iris La Blanca uh, website. Uh, but it, it's much harder for us women. And, and I need to let them know that there is always a way. You can always find a way and you have to let um, people in. You can't just say, oh, I'll do this by myself. And once you decide that you're going to do it, you have to let the universe conspire to help you. And I needed to get that out to the world. And I feel that I've done that with this book, um, but the little bit of uh, reviews that I've been getting, I, I'm really very, very humbled by the, the message I think has come across. What's been one of the experiences that you write about in the book that that a reader should expect to hear? That I'm sure there's a lot of experiences. I know I, I looked through the book and you've got a, tons of stories in there. Um, but what's one that that a reader can say, wow, I need to learn more about that and, and let that story be sort of the trigger that inspires them to read the rest of the stories in the book? I, I think early on when I was um, trying to get back into the swing of things, I, I, I knew that I needed an income, some, something. And um, I was lucky enough to have a friend refer me to a job that didn't require high school diploma. And because I had mm -hmm. really good skills, I was able to show them that I'm a good analyst and that I can uh, retrieve information. So they gave me a clerical job in, in a bank, you know, in a back office somewhere. And through them, I was able to get my GED because in the wow. back of my mind, I knew that this was not going to be the be all and end all. I still mm -hmm. needed partial public assistance while I was on that job because it paid so little. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to strive for more so that I can get out of that system. The system is not created for you to to, 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 to flourish. It's mm -hmm. created for you to stay in the system. And then it becomes like, you know, that's what you uh, uh, give to your children. Here, get on welfare and, you know, be happy. <laughs> and I just could not accept that. It was a, it was taboo for me anyway, because my father, my father would work two and three jobs so that my mom would not have to, to work. Um, and, you know, that, that meant almost 20 hours a day he would work just so that she would not have to work so that she could be there for us. And mm -hmm. I, it was a, it was a, a taboo to even uh, request any assistance, but I had to in the very beginning. Um, I was 17 with a little baby and, and he was, he was, he was allergic to pampers. So I had to do uh, cloth uh, diapers with bleach. It, it was a, it was a mess, <laughs> but um, I, I had to overcome that, that fear and just say, okay, well, there's got to be a way and you're going to find the way and you're going to do it. And that, that is exactly what I did. And I, through that job, that little clerical job, I got my GED. And then, then the light went on. I said, well, now that I have my GED, I can go to college. I could mm -hmm. be a nurse. And that's what wow. I did. That's amazing. You know, again, it goes back to not only believing in yourself, but here's the one thing that I think people are going to get from your book perseverance is not only perseverance in action, but perseverance in personal belief that you're worth more. Isn't yes. that true? Yes. It's it's one thing to continue 
continue to persevere in a particular action at a job, losing weight, getting your finances on in order, building a relationship, parenting, the whole deal, right? But perseverance will fall short if you don't persevere in holding on to what you believe you're worth. The day that you believe you're not worth or deserving of more, perseverance won't have an anchor any longer. Isn't that true? Absolutely. You said it yeah. You, yeah, that in a nutshell. That's exactly true. That's exactly true. That's exactly what I believe and I feel in my bones. Where could people not only pick up a copy of the book, learn more about you? I think you're available for speaking engagements. Uh, uh, you've got a, quite the personality. You know, you've got a long history of, of obviously of a, a professional career that I can add uh, can add value to any young person looking for mentoring. Where can people find you and order the book and learn more about the, the goodness at Iris Fernandez? I do authors? have a, 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 a nascent web website. It's edislablanca.com. Um, and I have all the books that I, that I have available and in my availability. And I also, and you can also pick up the book in Amazon and I can share that link with you. Um, and it's available right now. I'm in the process of making it a, a, a Kindle book as well. Cause I know a lot of people that are more into the, you know, not into the paperback and hardback. And, and I'm actually working on doing the audio as well. And I'm translating it into Spanish. So all of that will be on my website. And the website again, and you can spell out the website for those who are Latinos and don't know what blank means. Yes. dot <laughs> com, And it's, it is the white one is basically what it means. And it's because I've often been um, confused and I've been called everything, but Puerto Rican and it's it's hard to fit in your own culture I'm so much into my Puerto Rican culture and yet I'm the, the white one so I have the reverse problem of the Afro-Latinas who, who can't who can't be accepted because of their Afro-ness and I can't be accepted because of my European look uh and the whiteness so I I decided to just bank in on that Iris La Blanca and you'll see more on on TikTok and YouTube and I have a YouTube channel as well. It's also called Ladies La Blanca. And um, well, we're going to put be... up all of your information at our website so people yes. can track you down. There'll be, there'll be a link at the jmaneytalkshow.com yes. to the book. The book is called Perseverance, The Bridge to a Latina Mother's Dream. Edis Fernandez, we appreciate you being on the J. Mamie Talk Show. Oh, thank you so very much. I, I really appreciate your your forum. I, I love I love watching you and I love I love your book, The Ten uh, Toxic Traits. I love it. <laughs> And thank you for having me. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. What a fantastic broadcast. Two amazing authors that we're highlighting here because they bring value in two different uh, dimensions, two different ways, but value nonetheless to help you continue to thrive. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep thriving.